0: The road to consciousness. We will figure out the biggest mystery in human history. How can we have such an internal, rich, subjective experience of life, yet not know from the physical workings of the brain how or where consciousness arises? We're going to do it by looking across multiple disciplines and putting things into two categories. One, knowledge, which is... We have enough data and evidence that we can classify it as truth. And two, assumptions. We're just going to have to make some assumptions for us to move forward. Otherwise, we'll go around in circles. Today, I wanted to talk about a very interesting topic, the soul. This has been something that for millennia and even longer, humans have pondered about whether we have this thing called a soul. Probably going back to Aristotle and the ancient Greeks, the initial well-known philosophers, they looked up to the heavens and the stars they believed in in gods representing many things out there they also believed uh, will and form that everything that we see around us has some kind of will that a rock has the will to be a rock that it makes something from what it is like to be human what is the essence of us now the form was something slightly different in terms of the universals and what makes up or are the attributes of particular things and plato was in the mix here but in terms of the spirit or the soul or what makes us human or what makes a frog a frog what makes a rock a rock and what's the difference between living biological organisms and non-living things and What is that life force, a.k.a. spirit, a.k.a. soul? Even going back further, we believe that the heart was the primary organ, that the brain wasn't as important in terms of our day-to-day functions and how we had this internal subjective experience. Uh, Going back to the ancient Egyptians, that's why the mummification process stripped the body of the brain. They didn't think they're gonna need it in the afterlife. Uh, things have changed. Times have changed. For millennia, uh, the the believing of Aristotle was there. Uh, Saint Augustine, I believe, in like a hundred A.D., he you know brought theology into the mix. At that point, it was more about a divine personal God than it was many gods. Now, I rarely talk about theology, but in when talking about soul, it's hard not to. Um, St. Augustine sort of took the Platonic model, Platonomy, um, which gave an astrom- astronomical view of geocentric, where we were the center of the known universe then and the earth was the center and everything revolved around the earth um this was prime for leaving room outside of the stars uh uh, sorry the sun and the planets that we could see left room for like heaven and hell and god to do his thing Saint augustine also made the differentiation that you know, there's God and there's humans and there's something different and special about us, a.k.a. a soul or a, or a spirit or energy um, that we don't see out in the universe, that we don't see in other objects. Um, fast forward to Descartes, which was around the 17th century. He smacked bang after his uh, skeptical investigations, I think, therefore I am style, also, came to the conclusion that we, and this was the start of Cartesian dualism, that we have a rational soul. And he actually gave a location, something that's different from the physical workings that we see around us. In fact, he believed that everything else other than humans were mechanical, including al- animals. At that time, when the scientific revolution was starting, we started to learn more about the universe uh, and he believed that cogs, wheels and pulleys and everything was governing everything else out there except the humans and the humans had a rational soul straight in the pineal gland. Now, the penal gland is an interesting part of your brain that's right smack bang in the center and you only have one of them, whereas a lot of things are, are left and right hemisphere based. Um, and he believed that everything out there was more mechanical and us humans, there was something different and that was where dualism came about, where we have something... <clears throat> that's the mental realm that's mental realm that's different from the physical realm uh you know and now i guess where i'm going with this a lot of this has been based on uh, philosophy has been less on thinking as science came into it and the scientific revolution and more science we've started to learn so much more that can explain a lot of different things that changes our views and perceptions we thought heart the heart was the primary organ of the body and now we know that a lot of workings in terms of functions and what we do is coming from the brain uh, Descartes believed in the rational side of the penile gland we now know that the penile gland Releases uh, melatonin is part of our uh, wake and sleep cycles, our circadian rhythm, which is triggered by the pituitary gland, which is part of the uh, hypothalamus in terms of that uh, regulation. So science tends to chip away, and in fact, philosophy, the love of wisdom, encompassed all branches of science at some point. But as Each of these became their own discipline, including biology. Uh, They became more of science uh, and became their own field of science. So, you know, there was many more other philosophers slash scientists that thought about what the makings of uh, the spirit, the soul, were. Um, Galileo also... Sort of in terms of everything being mechanical, was the first to ponder that things are qualitative versus quantitative, uh, and that what we have internally is a qualitative factor or something internal to us. Over the many years, people have discussed uh, the soul in terms of religion and and something that has come to us as humans, uh, and obviously playing into having a, a divine god of some description eastern philosophy is very big on the connections that we have monoism that we're all connected through some kind of soul spirit i like to call it energy i mean energy i think is a scientific term as well there is an energy out there which is just what science tells us is there an energy that we have that we are connected that is an open question a lot of eastern philosophies subscribe that there is one thing out there that connects us whether it is an energy and that we do believe we have some sort of spirit or soul or buddhism in terms of you know the carry on to the next life and things like that Uh, People have tried to weigh weigh bodies after they have passed to see if they're a little bit lighter, which would indicate a soul leaving our body. And obviously that is part of theology as well, that our soul goes and it transcends to some other place. So this has just been a big part of humans. And I think the question around what makes us human is the underlying question driving this. And we would like to think uh, rightly so because we feel like we have a special experience in this life because we're the ones that are conscious. We're the ones that are able to see the world that we also have something above and beyond what's physical out there. That's a soul, that kind of spirit. That, ma- that makes us human, as Aristotle would say, our will, uh, what what wills us to be human. What makes us this way? Um, I'll leave it for you to kind of start to reason about. And obviously with science and materialism and physicalism and naturalism all come with a lot of explanations for all what we didn't know. For instance, life was a big mystery a couple of hundred years ago, uh, even even more recent. We had no idea how life worked and it's a huge mystery. And as we started inventing ways to look at cells and obviously as Uh, agree with and Watson who uh, came up with the theory of DNA we've started to uncover the workings of life and while we don't know where life started yet we have a very good handle on how once it has started how it works through our gene expressions and our three billion base pairs and each of those are separated into 23 chromosomes and each chromosome has hundreds of thousands of genes and they're all expressed through those base pairs and they create amino acids and the amino acids come together and create proteins and, and molecules and cells and those cells come together to form us so science is able to explain away a lot of those mysteries the soul is still up for grabs mainly because there's no way either way to know you can't run any tests through Experiments to say yes, we have a soul, or no, we don't have a soul. However, the burden of the proof is now been shifted on the people who believe that that we have a soul, because it's just—it's not just—it's a theory, just like other theories. And if you can't prove it either way, it makes it very hard to have a scientific discussion about it. Whether you believe in in theology and you believe in a god, whether you believe in Spinoza's god, I personally think this is something that I uh, really like that. Spinoza was a philosopher that believed that God is nature and nature in god, and it's it's a different type of way of looking at theology and God. <clears throat> Typically, we think of a divine God and a personal God. This was more about that nature itself provides everything we need to understand what we should be doing and what we shouldn't be doing in terms of humans and even animals and anything that we feel has the ability to be making those decisions or what what is natural. Uh, And that energy around the universe being God itself is really uh, goes hand in hand. And one of my personal heroes, Einstein, when was asked, famously said that he believes in Spinoza's God. So theology, theology, whether you believe in a purpose, we haven't talked a lot about things like um, artificial design. That's not, is that the right? Artificial intelligence uh, design, the design theory (laughs) theory. that things are designed, Uh, intelligent design, I'm crossing all the words here, intelligent design would say that, you know, if you come across, this is a very famous example, if you come across a watch in a forest, and you look at its functionality, you could say, somebody designed this to be a watch, (laughs) somebody designed us to be humans, it's just that the intricacies of the human's body i mean 37 trillion cells all working together and we just talked about dna and life being such a a rich complex machinery um you know you could almost say that it was designed by somebody or something uh to happen randomly although you know evolution has time on its hands four billion years is a long time and the, the Darwinian theory of evolution, obviously, around um, randomness, chance, genes modifying themselves, uh, survival of the fittest. The way I look at it, though, even survival of the fittest as well, we've been very consciously thinking about what we should do next, especially in terms of survival. I mean, go back a couple of hundred years, go back 10,000 years, I don't know, maybe maybe a bit more. All that was on our consciousness and all our experience was about survival. You didn't know what you needed every single day to find food and you needed every single day to avoid predators. That was your only goal. And going back hundreds of thousands, maybe millions and billions of years, the survival of the animals through the chains also, that was all they think about. So there is something to be said about potentially epigenetics and thought process and conscious experiences playing into how we went about and how we evolved and how we got to where we are. And then the step function to the rich subjective experience just added that extra level for us to be aware of what's going on around us. And not only to, to. I'm going to make an episode on behaviors versus experience. We have certain behaviors that we do, but our brain is just going through the routine of those behaviors. It's almost subconscious. Like our brain knows how to go about life these days, almost right. And you do a lot of things subconsciously because you've done them so many times before. Like your most of your experience is actually subconscious. But consciously, we tend to enrich and enhance that experience. And then the final phase that I like to call meaning, which is just is just another level for us humans to interpret what is going on around us. And so, going back to intelligent design, it's, it's natural to think that we were designed for something. And in that case, if we were designed specifically, then obviously our consciousness was specifically designed to give us this experience. Uh, and there's other theories out there, in you know, a simulation theory that it's all just a simulation. Uh, the other theories, uh, matrix style, that there is everything is an illusion and. There is some other force out there that is basically governing and and got us plugged into either a machine or is pumping our consciousness with thoughts and images and experiences and all of it is in our heads. Um, Yeah, so it's just very interesting going back to the original soul that we discussed. I don't know if we'll ever answer this question. I think science will potentially in a couple of hundred, 300, 400, whatever it is, give us a better reasoning. It might discover what consciousness is and that might be the key. If it is all physical, like a lot of scientists say today, that it's just a matter of time, we'll figure it out. We've got leading theories. There might be the current theories, uh, integrated information theory or global workspace theory. Um, It might be another theory that comes up and then all of a sudden it's, it's run experimentally or the neuroscientists will figure out which portion of the brains work together in some way We may discover a fundamental particle of the universe. (laughs) We may have to extend physics, which is also being called for uh, in terms of naturalism. And like everything is then, this is a kind of difference between naturalism and materialism and physicalism. It can get very confusing. Physicalism states that everything is physical and that we have physical particles, particle physics, sorry, that we'll be able to explain everything and then done and dusted. And then consciousness is basically derived from that. Materialism was one of the original ones. Everything was material as in like material objects uh, and what we see around us. Now, materialism sort of went out of favor for physicalism because materialism also can be in question, whether objects actually exist. So physicalism feels like one level deeper. Now, naturalism is interesting. Um, this is where we, the belief that everything is natural, that we do though have to account for consciousness as a first-class citizen of the natural world. That is it's not a byproduct of the physicalism and physical evolution, that underlying <clears throat> it's part of a natural world and we need to extend particle physics or maybe a new theory of physics or extend the domain of physics itself to account for something like consciousness, therefore making us just a natural part of the world, which goes hand in hand, I guess with Spinoza's God, that uh, God is nature and nature is God and we're one part of that. Uh, there's a lot of other things around this like pantheism uh, which states that you know um, god i think i got this right pantheism and pangeism. Uh, that god created the universe uh, and uh, it's he's sort of everywhere and then pangeism, that god created the universe out of his own sort of self and image and yeah I don't know, these two I have to refresh my memory on. There's so many isms. But anyway, there's just there's a lot to it that interplays theology, that interplays theology. Theology is basically that everything has a purpose. And it feels like everything has a purpose. And and if that's the case, then as humans, do we play a special purpose? Do we play a special role in that purpose? And do we have a soul? Um, I like to think of it as there is an energy out there as humans we have a certain different energy and you know, and our consciousness plays into this and sometimes i'm curious even from a scientific lens we don't know 95% of what the universe can contains 70% is dark energy now anything labeled dark in science <clears throat> basically means, well, we can't see it, but we don't have an explanation for it and there's no easy way for us to test. So if 70% of the universe is dark energy and 25% is dark matter and only 5% of the visible universe is really what we know and talking about, then we've got a long way to go in explaining the universe and we may have a certain different energy that gives rise to our consciousness. I believe it's more the interpretation or the way that we process that energy i would say that gives consciousness and not necessarily that it's a whole fundamental different realm and i guess that's naturalism where we need to just extend the way we think about the universe the way that we understand what energy really is and how it plays out in something such a complex thing as our brains which is the most complex thing in the universe how it plays out now whether it's biological or not that's an open question (laughs) Uh, i'm still debating internally whether life and consciousness are inherently linked this is going to be a tough one for me it's if i'm from the naturalist point of view i feel like that restricts it to only life which i still think is potentially doable um Especially given if we say that naturalism is the thing, we need to extend science or physics. However, it only applies to life. So there could be a cross-cutting section there. I have to think more about whether it's only a life thing or not and that goes straight into panpsychism are other things conscious other than biological systems and i think that's an open question that i have to think more about i always lean towards life but i think that's such a natural thing to do as humans we tend to place ourselves in the center of things we did that we talked about the geocentric view that was replaced by the heliocentric view uh, by a few actual people. Copernicus was one of the first ones to propose that the sun was at the enter- center of the universe. Well, solar system, I should say. We Until Galileo started looking outside the solar system and stuff. Well, he, he discovered more of the planets. He was the first one to use a telescope, but obviously science advanced and we could see outside the solar system. And then Kepler also sort of piggybacked uh, galileo piggybacked on copernicus theory uh, of it being heliocentric and once we stop putting ourselves in the center of the solar system i think our mindset shifted a little bit but hey there's so much out there that we may not be the center of and i guess the discussion around soul also dissipated a little bit but again theology and eastern philosophy definitely believe in a life force and a spirit and a soul western philosophy probably has taken more of the scientific route yeah this has been going on i guess the short story is this is not a discussion that's just recently happened (laughs) ever since the ancient greeks or ever since we've even been consciousness we always felt and the challenge there is we know such a rich internal subject of experience it's natural to think that there is something else there especially how we interact with the world and how we see things other than humans. I think when we see another human it's natural to assume they're conscious it's natural to assume that they have something about them makes them human that we can relate to whether it's just their actions and behaviors. I don't think so it's there's something there's some connection and going back to hegel if you rolled out human history an entire lineage on a sheet of paper he actually believed you could continue to roll that sheet of paper out and all of human history is basically mapped out Uh, there is something that's different about humans and i would say it's our consciousness and that extended consciousness to experience a meaning is what's different and there is something that we pass on in our dna and and granted we all came from the same ancestors there's something that happens in our genetics and especially the way we express those genes through epigenetics that inherently links us uh, and i'm I guess i'm tiptoeing into carl carl jung territory here <clears throat> he uh he was the Freudian student uh Sigmund Freud student Sigmund Freud introduced the id the ego and the superego uh Carl Jung took it one step further not necessarily in terms of collective consciousness but in terms of we're all connected as humans so that resonates with me and and that connection though whether it revolves around consciousness or not it's so hard <laughs> To say but i'm gonna leave it here because i got a lot more thinking to do this is sort of i'm not sure what it is around the discussion around our spirit our soul our energy that i don't know it's it's just such an interesting discussion um do i believe there's something non-physical out there i do believe there's an energy that we have i do believe there is an energy of the universe whether it's a mythical mystical you know, traditional spirit type. I don't. I don't believe that. Um, my assumption is that that's not true. Um, but I. I do subscribe in some way to monoism that energy of the universe connects everything somehow. But I'm not sure I'm ready to take the big leaps of what we just talked about today. But my assumption is that our way of thinking has changed and we understand so much more around the universe and ourselves that the soul the rational soul as it's believed previously is not is assumption I'm saying that's not valid or not there i think that the concepts have changed if that makes sense it doesn't necessarily mean we don't have some sort of potential energy to us but not in the way that we had or way we believed tying it to theology or tying it to to, to some kind of mysticism, tying it to that realm. I believe that realm no longer is part of our, our own energy and our thoughts. Collectively, I'm talking about as humans. You've, it's interesting if you look back at the evolutionary of humans all up, so anthropology and how our big shifts have happened how our big mindset shifts have happened going back to you know we believed in many gods we believed in uh, you know divine gods we believed in one sort of god and personal god and things like that and then scientists come along uh, even going back even further to you know when agriculture first started and then cities and societies obviously as humans we are evolving together and individually I think the evolution we have now is a scientific one whether it would go back towards spiritual whether it would go back that way I don't know but I'm, I'm 10 my the scientist in me is very strong uh, and so that's where I'm leaning towards right now in power I'd, I'd like to encourage you to think a little bit more about this. I really want to hold on to the fact that there is an essence that we have, um, that it's something that makes us human individually. And we've talked about self. I would say that that's the collection of the energy that we have, basically us, our energy. From even a, a physical level, uh, we are balls of energy. We capture energy together once you bring mass together in the universe when you bring subatomic particles and bind them together with the strong nuclear force and then bind them together to hold the the neutrons and the protons together in the nucleus and the electromagnetic force on top of that the strong nuclear force for that and then the electromagnetic force for the electrons once you bring all this together you actually accumulate a lot of energy. <laughs> We just don't know what that energy is, but it's there. So that some of our energy is something special for us in life. Um, Yeah.